We got our first college football playoff rankings of the season, and the Irish come in at 15th before they take on the Clemson Tigers. I'll give my reaction to the rankings and explain why there is so much at stake for both teams in this matchup, but for vastly different reasons. That's coming up next. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 1st, so I hope you enjoyed a great Halloween. Hopefully you got some good candy and your house didn't get egged. But most of all, I want to thank you for making this your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Tyler Wojak. I'm a Notre Dame alum and a producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Loaded show for you today. The Irish head to Clemson on Saturday, and I'll do my full my full preview of that game, including what's at stake, my scouting report of the Tigers, keys to the game, and of course some predictions at the end. But we've got to start with the most important thing going on in the college football world right now, and that is the first college football playoff rankings of the 2023 season. They were released on Tuesday night, and Notre Dame came in at 15th. Um, they were the second highest ranked team with two losses. I was a little bit surprised at how low they were, just given the fact that they were 12th in the AP poll. I thought maybe they'd be somewhere closer to that. But then when I looked at the whole list there, seeing Notre Dame come in at 15th wasn't that really surprising. And I can't really be upset about that number. I'm sure that there's going to be some fans out there who think they should be ranked higher. And maybe they are better than 15th. But looking at their resume, they lack a big win. And right now, their best win really is a close loss to the number one team in the country, at least according to the CFP rankings in Ohio State. I thought maybe the committee would give them the benefit of the doubt just considering how close Notre Dame was to winning that game. But then again, you can't get blown out by Louisville and expect to be ranked that much higher. The only team that Notre Dame really has an argument against might be LSU because that is the only two-loss team ranked ahead of them. But that's pretty much going to work itself out this weekend because LSU heads to Tuscaloosa to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. If they win that game, they probably deserve to be ranked either in or close to the top 10. And if they lose, then they'll be ranked behind Notre Dame. And Notre Dame will likely be the highest-ranked two-loss team if they were able to win on Saturday going up against Clemson. And I tell you what, man, like I'm very excited for the Notre Dame-Clemson game on Saturday. I am maybe not more excited, but it's pretty damn close to how excited I feel to watch the Brian Kelly versus Tommy Reese Bowl on Saturday between LSU and Alabama. It's kind of crazy considering how many connections there are between Notre Dame and LSU and Alabama in that one, but the chess match between Tommy and Brian Kelly is going to be something I cannot wait to see. So what does Notre Dame's ranking mean for the Clemson game? I think even though they're outside of the top 12, which is where they need to be in order to qualify for the New Year's Six, I think that their path to a New Year's Six Bowl is still clear because carnage is going to happen in front of them. Like Teams are going to lose. There's going to be um, one top 12 matchup this weekend between Georgia and Missouri. I'm assuming Georgia's going to smack Missouri, and then Missouri's going to fall out, so Notre Dame could take their place. And then LSU-Alabama, if Alabama beats them, then LSU is out. So things are going to happen. Notre Dame is going to continue to move up if they handle their business, but that's the most important thing for Notre Dame. They have to handle their business. They have to win out. The three teams left on the schedule between Clemson, Wake Forest, and Stanford have a 10-14 and record, but each one one of those teams is a little bit feisty 
and I think it's not going to be a cakewalk for Notre Dame uh, to win out. And that's a big reason why Notre Dame is only favored by three right now on FanDuel. Clemson's a good team. They're not a super well-balanced team. The defense is far superior than the offense, but you could kind of say that about Notre Dame overall this season. Kickoff is going to be at noon Eastern on ABC. Sean McDonough and Greg McElroy will be on the call. And I mentioned Notre Dame's favor by three. On Fandle right now, the total is 45, so Vegas is projecting Notre Dame to win 24-21. to While it's great that uh, they're projecting Notre Dame to win, a 24-21 to game would likely uh, be a really close one and take us down to the wire, and our heart rate is going to be through the roof. And it's sort of unfortunate for Notre Dame because it's not like a, I don't want to say a lose-lose situation because that's a little bit disrespectful to Clemson. But like, if you beat Clemson to the outside world, it's like, oh, congrats, you beat a four and four Clemson team. Who cares? But if you lose to them, that's really bad loss. And the best case scenario for Notre Dame is a nine and three season. That would be pretty disappointing, especially considering um, where Notre Dame was at just before that Ohio State game when we're thinking college football playoff, potentially even national championship. So there's still a lot at stake for Notre Dame. They have to win out, and this is the toughest game left on the schedule. And I'm a little bit concerned about how Notre Dame has fared in true road games this season. I don't really count the Navy game in Dublin as a road game, even though it was literally in Europe. That was a Notre Dame home game crowd for that one. I was there and uh, enjoyed every bit of that game. And even in that NC State game, when Notre Dame ended up running away with it uh, at the end there, they struggled a little bit at the beginning. So I don't expect Notre Dame to come out clicking on all cylinders on this one. I think there's a lot at stake for Clemson too. So they're going to be they're going to be ready to play in this one. Their season has already been a huge disappointment, and frankly, it's on the brink of disaster. If Notre Dame were to go out there and beat Clemson and they beat them pretty easily, things are going to get bad worse there in Clemson, South Carolina. Dabo Sweeney, their head coach, already lost his cool on his radio show on Monday this week. Um, A bunch of people were asking me if that was me calling in because the guy's name was Tyler and he said he was from Spartanburg and he questioned why Dabo Sweeney makes as much money as he does. For reference, Dabo makes $11.5 million a year. And Tyler from Spartanburg was very rude. He's pretty arrogant. Uh, I thought his tone was way off. So Honestly, credit to Dabo for even letting him finish the question before he just fired back in a big way and sort of eviscerated him. He said, amongst other things, that he doesn't care about the money that he makes, which is obviously not true, but he said he worked his ass off going from the lowest paid college football coach to one of the highest, and he got two national championships for Clemson. So I actually kind of side with Team Dabo on that one just because Clemson football was basically nothing for decades up until Dabo Sweeney came in, and then he turned them into one of the best college football programs in the country for most of the past decade. And yeah, things have gone south lately, and it really all started once Notre Dame smacked them um, in Notre Dame Stadium last year. But I still think Dabo Sweeney's a good coach. And I look at this game similar to the way I looked at when Notre Dame was playing uh, USC. Like, everything seemed really down. Notre Dame season was it just was on the brink of disaster much like Clemson is now and even though Clemson has more losses I think that they benefit from the fact that they play Notre Dame this weekend coming off a tough loss to NC State which is a really bad loss like NC State is not a good team obviously but now they have a big game coming up this weekend at home that they that they can get ready for and it could sort of turn things around for them in the locker room the national perception of the team like they could really benefit 
from a win like this, even though it doesn't result in a New Year's Six Bowl or college football playoff or anything like that. So I think it's going to be a really tough game for Notre Dame. It's going to take everything out of that entire team, coaching staff, everyone involved to go on the road and get a W this uh, this weekend. So coming up next, we're going to take a look at what the Clemson Tigers bring to the table and why I think that there's a lot more talent on that team than their record suggests. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get out in the action because the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I gave out my pick in yesterday's show. I'm sticking with the Steelers minus three against the Tennessee Titans on the Thursday night football game. So... I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to get that win at home. I know that the Titans look pretty good with Will Levis at quarterback. He threw four touchdowns in that one. But still, the Steelers at home at night in prime time. Uh, I think that defense is going to give anyone fits, let alone a rookie quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Before we move on, this is your reminder to please like the video below and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast, please rate the show five stars, leave a review and subscribe there as well. I really appreciate all the support on the show and I would appreciate it even more if you went that extra mile, liked, rated, all that, you know the deal, but really I do appreciate it. Okay, so we know Dabo Sweeney's the coach of the Clemson Tigers, but let's start with their offense. Their offensive coordinator is Garrett Riley. He is the brother of Lincoln Riley. And Dabo made a pretty, I don't want to say unprecedented move because firing your offensive coordinator and hiring uh, one of uh, one of the Broyles Award finalists at a top program is not unprecedented in college football, but it kind of is at Clemson because Dabo Sweeney had to fire Brandon Streeter, who's uh, a former Clemson player. He's been on the staff for a really long time, but he was only around for one season as the primary play caller in replace of Tony Elliott, who's now the head coach at Virginia. And then Dabo went out there and he got Garrett Riley, the highly sought after offensive coordinator. But so far this season, the results have not been what Clemson fans expected, especially, and also college football overall. Like I expected this Clemson offense to take off this season with Garrett Riley at the helm and Cade Klubnick, at quarterback. But they are about exactly the same as they were last year. So in 2022, they finished with 28.8 points per game, which is 63rd in the country. And right now, they're averaging 28.8 points per game, which is actually 64th in the country. So in a way, they're going backwards with Garrett Riley. That doesn't make a ton of sense. They're only averaging 5.5 yards per play. That's 79th in the country. A big part of the problem here is their offensive line is bad, and they simply just don't have the skill players that you're accustomed to seeing from Clemson during the Dabo Sweeney. Like, we all watched that Notre Dame-Clemson game back in 2018 when Justin Ross, a true freshman at the time, came in and just destroyed Notre Dame. And there were so many other great Clemson wide receivers like T. Higgins. They were wide receiver you there for a little bit where they just bring in new guys and they were studs and they would just take over games and there's really nothing you could do about it. Their offensive line has never been their strength. Even during the best years of the Clemson era, their offensive line was serviceable at best, but they always had a really, really talented quarterback and really good skilled players to get the ball to. And lately, that's just not been the case with Clemson. Will Shipley is their uh, starting running back, a name Notre Dame fans know very well because Notre Dame recruited him harder than pretty much any other player I can remember, um, at least in the past decade. That was under the Brian Kelly era, Lance Taylor, Tommy Reese, Brian Kelly. They were all recruiting him so hard, and he was actually the only running back they were recruiting at the time. But 
Things worked out for Notre Dame because once Will Shipley decided he was going to go to Clemson, Notre Dame ended up with Audrey Kesame and Logan Diggs in that class. So things worked out for both parties, but it seems like Will Shipley's status for the game on Saturday is a little bit up in the air right now. He took a nasty hit in that loss to NC State. He was trying to fight and claw for the extra yard as he so often does because he's such a tough runner and he's very fast. And he was getting pretty close to the end zone and he got turned around and got hit from the back and it looked pretty bad there. It looked like he was knocked out there for a second, but he got back up and he missed the remainder of the game, but his status for Saturday is uncertain. It sounds like he's going to miss some practice time. I don't know if he's going to play on Saturday or not. I'm guessing that he's probably not going to play considering it would be a week from a game in which he looked like he was unconscious on the field. It would be, you know, a little risky, one, to play him, and then also, two, the public perception of a move like that in the modern era. Like, I think a lot of people would have questions about that. But even if Will Shipley does not play, Phil Maffa, the backup running back, is serviceable. He's got 439 rush yards on the air, six touchdowns. He's a, a bit of a bruiser. He doesn't have the same speed or athleticism as Will Shipley does. But he can definitely beat you, and Notre Dame is going to have to keep an eye out for him. Uh, but let's get back to the quarterback here, Kate Klubnick. He has really struggled since he became the starter. His development, uh, or lack thereof, I should say, has been shocking under Garrett Riley. Because going into the season, I picked Notre Dame to go 11-1 and with the lone loss being to Clemson. I just assumed that Kate Klubnick would live up to the five-star potential that he had when he was a five-star recruit, especially with Garrett Riley sort of leading the way there. I mean, Garrett Riley turned Max Duggan into a Heisman finalist at TCU, and Max Duggan wasn't even supposed to start last year for the Horned Frogs, and then he ends up in New York there. So I figured Riley would be able to elevate Klubnick's game to the next level, and that really just has not been the case. He's very indecisive. He's been prone to turnover so far in the year. And I think a lot of people were watching that game uh, against Duke in the opening weekend there on Monday night, and he had some really costly turnovers. Like, Clemson was moving the ball. They'd get in the red zone, and then they just could not come up with points, and they're just really inefficient. They rank outside of the top 100 in yards per completion, red zone scoring offense, and turnovers. They have turned the ball over 15 times in eight games, that is really bad, no matter which way you look at it. So their record would probably be a lot better if they didn't turn the ball over as much as they did. Like, I know that the final score doesn't suggest it, but for the most part, I thought they played better than Duke for the majority of the game, but then they just have these costly turnovers, and then they just gave their defense no chance. But speaking of that defense, that's a really good group. Like, a really, really talented group on that Clemson defense. They've got co-coordinators Wes Goodwin and Mickey Kahn. They're both in their second season. And right now, they're giving up 21 points per game, which is a modest 38th in the country. But they're top 10 in yards per play. And frankly, their defense is just put in really tough situations a lot of the time because of the issues on offense. Like, teams are getting the ball with short field. And even if the Clemson defense is able to hold up for most of the game, like they're just going to give up points, which is a negative reflection of the defense. But in reality, it should be a negative reflection of the offense because they're just not doing anything to help out their defense. They're only allowing 3.1 yards per rush attempt and 5.5 yards per pass attempt. Both are in the top 12 nationally. They also can get after it. They have 61 tackles for loss, so they can create some negatives, and that is going to be something that Notre Dame is going to have to really pay attention to because they cannot afford to move backwards and uh, put themselves in third and long because they also have some really good cornerbacks 
Um, Nate Wiggins is a stud corner. He's probably going to be a really high draft pick. He's got four, four passes deflected on the year, a pick six. And teams really don't throw it to him that often because he's a lockdown corner. When they do, they don't have a ton of success. He's only given up eight receptions for 44 yards on 18 targets this year. So, you know, Notre Dame's receivers are going to have a long day going up against their corner. And Notre Dame's offensive line is really going to have to step up in this one because they've got guys like Xavier Thomas. He's been there forever. You know, he was a top five recruit nationally coming out of high school, and he's been around at Clemson. I think this is fifth year, maybe even his sixth. He's a really good edge rusher. He has 16 quarterback hurries on the air, three sacks. Tyler Davis, number 13, an absolute beast on the interior of their defensive line. His stats aren't going to blow you away, but that's not atypical for a defensive lineman. Notre Dame is going to have to double team him a lot, and he's just a disruptor there. He just gets in the backfield and wreaks havoc, so even if he's not making a sack or a tackle for a loss, Notre Dame is going to have to account for him on every single play. Um, TJ Parker, another edge rusher, very effective at getting in the uh, getting at the quarterback. He leads the team with four sacks. And then at linebacker, they've got a really good duo, but I love Jeremiah Trotter, number 54. He leads the team in tackles with 54. He's tied for the team lead with eight and a half tackles for loss, has two forced fumbles, and he's also pretty good in coverage. He has four passes defended on the year, which is actually tied for the team lead as a linebacker. So that's really impressive. And you just look at the unit as as a whole here. They don't really have any weak links. I mean, sure, there are some players who are more talented than others, but there's not really a a part of their game where like, oh, well, Notre Dame could just run the ball on them or throw it over top or try to hit them in the intermediate passing game. Like, that's just not the case. They're a really sound defense, and it's unfortunate for them that they have a 4-4 four and four record because I think this is a college football playoff-level defense that is going to be really difficult to move the ball on against if you're Notre Dame. Now, looking at Clemson's special teams unit, kicking has been a major problem for them all season long. It started in that Duke game where they missed a couple chip shot field goals. They had a couple blocked. Uh, overall, they are 7-14. of 14 on field goal attempts on the year. That's 50%. That is just not going to cut it. They've been fine on extra points. They've only missed one of those, but going into that Florida State game, Dabo Sweeney got a guy who is out of college, basically, and they tried to get him on the team, and then that didn't work out. He missed some field goals against Florida State, and they had a chance to win that game. And Florida State is ranked fourth in the country on the CFP rankings, so they they pushed them to the absolute brink. That game went into overtime, and they blew that one. But you could make the case that if they had a solid kicker there, they win that game. But they just haven't had that this year. One random thing is they're actually pretty good at kickoff, but in their return unit, Will Shipley is their main return man. So with his status up in the air right now, um, that's certainly going to affect punt return to kick return. But their special teams unit is a big problem. And if Notre Dame could take advantage in that facet of the game and um, going up against Clemson's offense, where I think they have a significant advantage. I think Notre Dame is going to have enough to win this game. So coming up next, I'll give you my keys to the game for an Irish victory, and then I'll share my predictions. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
So when I look at this game, I think Notre Dame has the clear advantage when their defense is on the field going up against Clemson's stagnant offense. But on the other hand, I feel like Clemson has the edge when they're on defense going up against Notre Dame's offense because even though Notre Dame got things rolling a little bit against Pittsburgh, that was a really bad Pittsburgh team, and I think they just sort of gave out at the end even though their defense has been pretty serviceable all year. So I think it's going to be a really close game on Saturday, and I think it's going to be as simple as whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win the game. And I know that's sort of classic cliche football talk, but in this case between those these two teams, I really think it's that simple. Yards are going to be hard to come by for both offenses, but specifically the Clemson offense. Like, with Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart expected to be back on Saturday, I feel really good about Notre Dame's pass defense going up against this unit. I think they're going to give Cade Klubnick a lot of problems. I'm sure Al Golden has some great blitzes dialed up and ready to go on Saturday because Cade Klubnick has just really not been able to see pressure that well. Sometimes he thinks pressure is coming from one side and it's not there, and then he rolls right into pressure on the other side. Like He's just really not seeing the field that well. And I guess it's not that shocking considering he's only a sophomore I uh, might even be a retro freshman. I'm not sure if he played more than four games last season. But either way, he did see time last season. He's still very green in the college football sense. And I, considering all the success that Notre Dame has had on defense this year, I feel like they're going to give him a ton of problems. So I'm not really concerned about Clemson moving the ball at will against Notre Dame. There is a chance, of course, that they could hit some explosive plays. But that's really the key for Notre Dame's offense, uh, in my opinion, is if they can limit their turnovers and hit on some explosive plays, they should be able to win this game with ease. Um, I don't expect Notre Dame to be able to run the ball consistently against this group. And I know that might sound crazy considering the success that Notre Dame had last year against Clemson. I just think that this Clemson team is is too prideful to let that happen again. I'm sure that uh, Dabo and the coaching staff has been playing that up a lot. And there's some veterans on this group. It's just really hard to dominate a team like that twice, especially when they have really good players. And the way that Notre Dame's offensive line played in that game last year in 2022, we have not seen from this Notre Dame offensive line unit at all in 2023. They've had good moments, but they haven't had a truly dominant performance like that where they just imposed their will on the defensive line and the linebackers like they did in 2022 against Clemson. Could that all change on Saturday? Maybe. I'm certainly not ruling it out. But given the fact that it's on the road going up against a good defense, I think that Clemson's defense is going to get a little revenge to some extent because of what happened last year. I don't think it's going to be a, a dominant performance by them by any stretch. I think Notre Dame could realistically still win that battle. It just won't be as dominant as it was last season. So with that being said, Notre Dame is going to have to hit on some explosive plays downfield. Um, one of my predictions I have for this game is that I I don't think we're going to get like a breakout game from Tobias Merriweather, but I think he's going to catch another deep shot or two. I think that one he had against Pittsburgh late in the game is going to go a long way for his confidence in like, when he makes plays like that, and in, in like the play he had against uh, Central Michigan earlier in the year, when he really gets moving there down the field, you're like, man, like you see the potential. You see why Chancey Stuckey is so high in him. You see why Marcus Freeman is saying in the press conferences that they need to take some shots to Tobias Merriweather because he moves a little bit differently than every other single Notre Dame wide receiver. He's got the size, he's got the length, and when he gets going downfield like that and gets the ball in a, you know, I want to say a pretty short catch radius because he hasn't really been able to make too many plays that aren't thrown, you know, damn near perfectly to him. I just think that when he has that opportunity, he he's really going to excel, and I'm hopeful that on Saturday Notre Dame finds a way to get him maybe 
uh, in a mismatch. If they run him out of the slot position, maybe they can get him on a safety, can catch a pass downfield. But I think plays like that, whether it's Tobias Merriweather or Rico Flores or maybe even Jaden Thomas if he's healthy this weekend, those are going to be the plays that decide the game. Limit turnovers, limit the explosive plays when Notre Dame's on defense, and try to get a few deep shots when Notre Dame's on offense. I think those are going to be the keys to the game for Notre Dame to win. Because if they win the turnover battle in this one, I would be absolutely shocked if they lose this because I just don't think Clemson's offense is going to be able to do enough to put up points consistently. So for my score prediction, I'm taking Notre Dame to win 27-17. to I think it'll be a struggle, but I think untimely turnovers uh, on the behalf of Clemson will hurt them in the end. And I just look at this game as a, a take care of business moment for Notre Dame. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. You're going to be going on the road. You're going to be going up against a team who's desperate, who has nothing to lose. And more often than not, a team or a person with nothing to lose is the most dangerous person you can encounter. So it's going to be an uphill battle for Notre Dame. But in the end, I just think they're the better team. And I think that they're going to showcase that throughout the game and they're going to impose their will on them at the end. Audrey Estime will hopefully be able to lean on that defense and get some more yardage there at the end. And uh, I think that'll be the difference. They're going to sort of break the dam for Clemson and then Clemson will have a losing record for the first time in over a decade, which is crazy to think about. And then if Notre Dame were to get this win on Saturday, especially a win by double digits, even if it's just 10 points, I think that is going to go a long way in how we look at this team and look at this season. So I like the Irish on Saturday, but I do think that we're in for another long battle, much different than what we had on Saturday when Notre Dame absolutely smoked Pittsburgh from the opening gun. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. Right now, we got a big guest scheduled to come on the show tomorrow. We're going to talk more about the Clemson game, talk about the Notre Dame season as a whole. You won't want to miss it, I promise. So make sure that you've subscribed to the show on uh, on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast. That way, as soon as the show is up, it'll download right onto your feed. Also, you can give us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Irish on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod. And my personal Twitter account is at Tyler W O J C I A K. Same time, same place tomorrow. See you then.